content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. This is Susan, and we are Function Junction. Behavior Matters. So Susan, I know our listeners really enjoyed that first half of the interview with John, and I know they're looking forward to hearing some more uh, from John in this second half. Just such a good such a kind, kind human being. Now he did let us know after he, we finished talking with him that he had forgotten to tell us about something. He had forgotten to tell us that, you know, some years ago working with a student, he ended up with his leg broken in two places. I know. And he had to have some surgery. He had to have some rehab and everybody thought he was going to walk away and not work with these kids with challenging behaviors. But he did not. Yeah. He, of course not. That's not John. Yeah. He went through his rehab and our physical therapy to get him back and was back in time to spend time, you know, a, a few months with the students before they graduated and be there when they graduated. Um, and what an important thing for, for the student that had, you know, mm-hmm. been involved in the altercation that in, you know, ended up with an injury to him to see that yeah. people come back. People don't give up on. Him. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I remember years and years and years and years ago, I worked with a young man named David in his home and I love David and he was a kid who didn't have, he was <clears throat> nonverbal and um, <clears throat> just, I just, we, I, he was my buddy and I was his and we, you know, this is back in the day where we transported kids at our car and we would go eat Mexican food or go on walks or whatever. And, I remember one day at home, he was just overstimulated and, and I think he just, he just didn't understand the directive or what have you. And he bit me on the back of my hand. And I was so freaked out because I had such a good relationship with David that I kind of just had to leave the house, you know, and like regroup. Yeah. And mom came out and she was like, are you okay? I was like, yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and I was bleeding, but you know, it's, it's part of the job. Yeah. But the most important thing for me to do was to go back in the house, you know, and not leave because he was so, so sad and wanted to make sure I was okay and was patting my hand, you know, and I think that's just, you know, part of what we do is that some kids engage in behaviors that result in injury, but it's not because they're being bad. It's because there's, there's a reason, right? We always talk about function. They haven't, they haven't learned a different response. You know, they, they, ha- and they yeah. haven't learned self-regulation to the point of being able to control that. I mean, uh, you know, I'm in the driving my buggy down the aisle at the grocery store and people are blocking the way. I really want to yell at them or push their buggy <laughs> out of the way or, but I have learned self-regulation techniques and I turn yes. around and go the other way or stop and wait and think about something else. And so or just when, look at them. <laughs> when they learn those skills, they'll get there, you know? So, you know, you don't get mad at a baby when you're changing their diaper, if they poop on you, because right. you know, they're learning and they're going to eventually be able to control that. And they're not going to poop on you forever. And or on purpose. Or right. on purpose. Exactly. And so, you know, when a child or a person injures you, it is typically because they don't have another way or they haven't learned those self-regulation techniques and a part of our job is to teach them those self-regulation techniques and to teach them other responses and 
that is uh, the best part of the job. <laughs> you know, the best part of the job is realizing that you've, you've changed something so dramatic that now people will interact with that person and not be fearful that they're going to be injured. But anyway. Cool thing about David, the kid I spoke with about, spoke about is that he was one of the first people who had one of the Temple Grandin squeeze machines. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is a long time ago. And the family kept it in the garage and I got in it. It was pretty cool. You kind of get in it. Like it's sort of like a, I've been in one. Uh, They had one at one of the state conferences on autism and I crawled inside one. Yeah. You, you, well, at least the one that I was in, you had to get down on all fours, crawl into it. And then there was a rope that you would pull, you yourself would pull and it would squeeze you to whatever degree you wanted to be squeezed. Yeah. David had one that had a lever. So you would get on all fours and your head was sort of outside of the box and you could control the pressure with the lever, but that was really helpful. And so every time we started a session before we started, we would do the pressure machine and then we would do it when it was over. And of course, I never got bit again. But anyway, I just think that's really important. Again, you know, always talking about respect and dignity. And John really personifies that. Absolutely. Back to John. So John, you said something about that there's been more than one person that you have helped prevent from committing suicide. And I think that is behavioral. I mean, you know, being able to intervene and change that um, again, without any names or whatever, can you remember, like, what was it that turned it for someone that you were trying to help? And, you know, um, you know, just to start it off, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm going to open, I'm going to open it. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, you know, I, I went to therapy you know, I went to therapy. I, so I had did I, suicidal... John. Don't, no shame yeah. in that. So yeah. have I. It's, it's all a good. healthy thing to do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I had suicidal tendencies and I haven't had any of that thought since 2010. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot because, you know, my therapist, you know, he wanted me to be on medication and, you know, I mean, Hey, medication is my work with other people, but with me, I wanted to, to see how strong I am, you know, of handling this on my own, sure. you know, because before there were medic, before the, before there were those pills, there was me, you know? Yeah. And so what I did was, you know, fi- I found ways to, to have outlets, you know, outlets meaning have somebody to talk to, you know, and, you know, I remember going through a situation where I was calling Christian radio stations, I was calling Christian hotlines, you know, and, and what they did was they, oh, yeah, I appreciate the prayers, but then where's the part where there's someone to listen to me? I get help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yes, and there was, there was some, some calls that I have made where they said, well, you should seek a professional, you know, but with me, you know, I just needed somebody to talk to. Sure. I just needed somebody to confide in, you know, and, and so, you know, and also I figured out, I figured out ways, you know, to, to make myself feel better, to make myself stay away from that thought Yeah, is by helping people. You know, I got more, I got more, 
by helping people than focusing on that pit you know it was a big distraction yeah but then now to think about it you know if I choose to end my life today then who's going to help those people or I could have helped him I could have helped her you know and plus you know it's just one of those things that hey you know with the people that I came across with you know it wasn't by accident you know I, I don't put myself out there you know it's God you know it's definitely God you know like to think back you know how did they how did it cross my path you know yeah people say it's coincidence you know per, right time right place but no. no I think it's I think it's God you know and there was two I lost two two people you know and we're and both both people we were supposed to go fishing the next day and you know I always think if that next day happened you know maybe I would have saved them you know so well John you know I can't thank you enough for sharing that um I know that's a very private part of your life and I I appreciate the vulnerability um that you shared with us and our listeners and I'm you know I'm just really hoping that you know, you just help save somebody else's life, you know, that there's somebody listening that may needed to hear that because I know that, you know, and this isn't anything religious, God is whatever you consider your God to be, you know, it's not about, you know, Christianity or anything like that, but it's about um, knowing that there's a higher power and, and thank goodness, thank my God that you didn't do that because then I wouldn't have met you and Sissy wouldn't have met you and the listeners wouldn't have learned about you. And so, I just really appreciate your your honesty and again your vulnerability. Um, do you mind if I ask about 9/11 because I know that there was some family and, and personal involvement sure. in that? Sure, um, but um, you know, to I want to share something more about the sure. other topic. Sure, please. Before we go into yeah, 9/11, absolutely. Um, you know, the the major thing that has worked with me with talking to people is that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's like, yes, it's part of behavior, you know, but then yeah. you have to relate to them, you know, because if they can't relate to you, then you're just a blank wall to them. Right. And so when I talked to them, I said, Hey, you know, are you tired? Cause I'm tired too. Yeah. I know you're hurt. I'm hurt too. Yeah. You know, so they don't feel alone. They feel like they've got someone else. In the room That's with right. Them. That's right. That's right. And I, I always end off by telling them, it's like, hey, you know, let's go through this together. Because I know you can help me and I can help you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think about whether what brings it on is a chemical change. I mean, sometimes that can, there could chemicals in your brain can change mm-hmm. and create, you know, that depression or thought process that makes you think about that. And whether the distraction potentially gives you time for the chemicals to change. And then your brain is able to figure out how to get past this place or, you know, the, and the other pieces, having someone to talk to allows you to release it, you know, a secret out loses its power. You know, if you're holding this, this Mm. secret within you that you don't want to be here anymore and you're able to lay it out there, then it doesn't have the power over you as much anymore. And you get a little bit of the distraction that allows you to step back and say, 
wait a minute, maybe I have more yeah. to give here. Yeah. Um, it's, but I mean, it's beautiful that you have been in the right place at the right time, you know, as led by God um, to help someone and help them turn their life around and still be able to help others and contribute. That's a beautiful, that's beautiful. It is a really beautiful story. And again, thank you so much for sharing it. Um, so again, do you want to talk about 911 at all or? Sure, sure. I was, I, I practically grew up in New York. I was there for probably 30, 35 years in New York. And, um, you know, I was working in the city uh, close to Times Square. And, uh, you know, it just happens that, uh, you know, the market was crashing. You know, I, I worked in a mortgage firm. Oh. And, uh, you know, I got laid off. And within, you know, two, two or three days, 9-11 happened. And, you know, my mom wakes me up in the morning. It's like, hey, you know, a, a plane just crashed. And, um, and you know, it's like, what? You know, and, and then so I, ch- so I checked the TV watching with my mom. And next thing you know, we see another airplane crash in the other tower. And we were like, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? You know, and then next thing you know, you, they were saying, you know, this is, this is terrorist. You know, it's, uh, you know, terrorist actions. And, uh, you know, um, that day, you know, it was, it, it was rough. Tell you us know, about the city your dad, because you told me about your dad, John. Right. Um, my dad, uh, my dad worked in the first tower that fell. And that day, you know, that day he decided to go, go um, to his jury duty. Oh. So he wasn't even, he wasn't even close to the city, you know, but that during that day, we had so many calls you know, to see if he's, he's alive, you know, and uh, yeah, Didn't it was just one of those, it was amazing. It was like, talk about God. it wasn't his time, you know. Well, and, and didn't you tell me that he had skipped jury duty so many times and that your mom had finally <laughs> said, just go. Yes. My mom was like, you know what, just get, get it over and done with, you know, at least that's one thing you don't have to worry about. And he chose that day, 9-11 to, <laughs> to take his jury duty, you know, and uh you know, months later, you know, years later, you know, we we received uh, boxes of oh. items in his office that they recovered in Ground Zero. And until now, you know, that box has been closed. Sure. You know, yeah. we haven't opened it yet. Sure. Yet. sure. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people don't know that other than 9-11, the World Trade Center was bombed in 98 and they bombed the garage. Yeah. But yeah. but that wasn't success uh, successful. So what they did was mm-hmm. they they did the top the tower. Crazy. Thank you for sharing that. It's funny that you said you worked for a mortgage firm because one of my questions was what did you do before this? And I know that you obviously have graphic design background. I think that was your bachelor's degree, or that's what you went to school for. Um, and so then you did mortgage. And then is that when you moved to Texas after that? Um, yes, I was I was at a mortgage firm. I was the collateral advisor and, uh, you know, now, I mean, the company's not even there. It's just a small, it's a small facility. That's how much they downgraded to. And, um, after that, you know, I was like, what do I do now? You know, like, what do I do now? So, uh, within, within a week, within a week, uh, you know, I, I go to church a lot and 
within a week, you know, I felt God was telling me, go to Houston. Uh, and I'm like, thank goodness. I was like, I was like, Houston, I don't even know anything about Houston. I'm a city guy, you know, and I don't know anyone there. And and within a week, I put every all my belongings in a storage facility in New York. And I moved here within a week. Wow. Um, you know, my aunt did live here and I was staying with her for a while. And and yeah, just everything, everything, everything that God has planned has been revealed. Exactly. And, and I'm so thankful that, that, that you came here because, again, you've been helping so many kids and, and adults. And, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad that I know you. Um, you know, just to kind of follow through with, you know, your advice for teachers and your advice for fellow paraprofessionals. What about advice to parents of kids who might be on the autism spectrum? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, actually, I was going to bring it up earlier, but it wasn't part of the the question. So I'm glad you asked that question. Um, I I did encounter a parent, uh, you know, not within the district, outside the district. And um, make sure that the choices that you make, it's not for you. Mm. It's for your child. Mm. You know, because this parent came to me you know, with a question, you know, but he's high functioning, you know, he's high functioning. I don't want him labeled as somebody with autism, you know, but then when I look at that child, yeah, he's high functioning, but then there are some little areas that he does need help, sure. you know, and, and that area that I found with this child was his social oh, skills. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. You know, his social skills, you know, taking in jokes, you know, and so when you take this child away from that, you know, that label, you're taking away the services that can be provided for this child. So with parents, you know, my greatest advice is with every choice that you make, make sure that it's for your child. And at the same time, too, you know, is that trust your teachers, you know, <laughs> if anything, if anything, give us some time, yeah. give us some yeah. time, you know. But then, you know, if it's taking, if it's taking like half of the year, okay, there's, there's a big problem there, you know, exactly, you know, but give us some, you know, give us some time, you know, don't, don't, don't just raise the flag real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that it seems like it's taking too long from a parent perspective say to the, you can ask the teacher. So how, how is that going? And when do you think we will get to whatever it is that is the goal of the parent? Yes. You know, yeah, he's yeah. going to be able to talk to you about, well, this is where he is. And this is about how quickly he's learning these things. So I would expect to see that. And that, you know, that changes thing, you know, like the doctor telling you to take your antibiotics, but you aren't going to feel anything for three days. Well, you know, right. you're not thinking the next day, I should feel better. You know, you're knowing yeah. it's going to be a few days. Yeah. And I, and I do love what you said, John, about, you know, making decisions based on what's in the child's best interest. And really, you know, I feel like we've come so far in terms of um, awareness and acceptance. And I know I say that every podcast, but I just wish that, you know, there's no shame in having a child who has any kind of disability, whether it be autism, intellectual disability, whatever, there's no shame, you know, and, and, and given that, you know, let's look at what they really need. And, and John, you nailed it. You know, the kid has less needs, has less academic needs, but definitely has those social skills needs. And those are the things that, 
you know, the schools can really work on well to get that kiddo prepared for adult life and to be, you know, a functioning member of society, like we say all the time. So I think that's really good advice. Um, well, John, um, John Lou, J-O-N-L-U, we just cannot thank you enough for being a guest on our podcast. And, you know, we usually talk about kids on spectrum and behavior, which we did today, but we also were blessed to be able to talk a little bit, a little bit more that I think will give some folks um, some things to think about. And, um, you know, I, every time we do an interview, I say to Sissy, they just keep getting better. Like we've just got the most amazing guests that have graced us with their insight and um, vulnerability. And, you know, thank you so much. Is there anything um, that you'd like to say in closing or anything that you feel like you wanted to share, but maybe we didn't ask the right questions? You know, I just, I just definitely want to thank you for, that's one thing my dad always taught me, you know, if you, if you, if you're first place and you're, you're on top of that pedestal, you know, that, that pedestal is not for you to stand by yourself. You know, you always got to remember everybody, those people that helped you get there. So, you know, I mean, I don't think I'll ever be first place because there's a lot of things. Life itself is a learning process each day. And, but then, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for those people that has led me here to where I'm at now. You know, I want to thank you. I want to thank uh, Kayla Elmore and the Paris, uh, 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 Valerie, uh, oh my gosh, Sabrina. <laughs> and um, they've been amazing. You know, we've been amazing, you know, and, and the classroom is full of joy, you know, because sometimes it can get so stressful, but hey, with, with a classroom full of laughter, we can get by, you know? Yeah. And I've been to your classroom and I, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It can be stressful, but you've got a great, or had a great team and you are going to be a member of an even greater team being a district wide. You've got some amazing supports and supportive yes. people. Um, I, yes. And that's actually my second thank you. I want to thank you, uh, my Bears family, because we're we call ourselves, I'm the brother bear and uh, Kelly Pillow, she's the mama bear. <laughs> and sister bear is Ella Castillo. And oh my gosh, like I've been so blessed. I've been so blessed. They've, they've been amazing. And I always want to learn from both of them. I mean, every, every time we go to campuses together, I mean, just the knowledge, the love just pours out of them. And, you know, I can't help but think, I want to be that. Yeah. yeah. I want to be that. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, oh, they're just amazing people. Yeah. You know? I worked and, with Ellie when she was a classroom teacher and you are learning from definitely the best. And Kelly mm -hmm. is also just super amazing and yeah, you're just really, you're, you're in a good place. You've got a great team and um, I'm just so proud of you and so thankful that you were able to and willing to take the time to chat with us. Um, I hope I didn't talk too much. No, <laughs> never, never. You can never talk too much. Anyway, um, well, John, thanks again. We just love you and appreciate you so much. But uh, Thank you both, lovely ladies, for having me today. I'm like... I. Oh, it's just all smiles, positive energy, you know, and yay. Well, I am too. We are too. And, you know, you both, you know, um, your inputs are awesome, you know, and oh, I just had a great time. <laughs> it was wonderful. We appreciate you so much. Yeah. Do you have a test question? Yes, I do have a test question. 
Um, John talked a lot about using positive reinforcers for kids. For example, he learned magic so that he could bond with a student. However, he didn't talk too much about decreasing problem behaviors, probably because he doesn't have to very often. Even so, when a consequence is given contingent on the occurrence of a behavior and it decreases the likelihood of the behavior occurring in the future, this is an example of A, positive punishment, B, negative punishment, C, negative reinforcement, or D, escape behavior? That's a great question. So I'll start at the bottom. So escape behavior is not, has really nothing to do with that. Um, we're talking about when a consequence is given contingent on a behavior and the result is a decrease. And so escape behavior really doesn't have anything to do with that. C, negative reinforcement. Well, when we talk about reinforcement, we're always talking about an increase in behavior. And I think that's a term that's confusing to people because the word negative is used. And so, yeah. you know, just for clarification, negative reinforcement is the removal of something aversive that results in an increase in behavior. So for example, well, there's so many examples. You get in your car in the morning and your seatbelt light is dinging and blinking and you put on your seatbelt to, uh, to remove that aversive stimulus and increase seatbelt wearing. So C is not correct because we're talking about a decrease of the behavior. So negative punishment, the result is a decrease in behavior, which is what we're looking at, but we're not giving something with negative punishment. We would be removing something. So that one I would rule out. And so it would have to be positive punishment because with the result is a decrease, but we're giving something or adding something to the environment contingent on the behavior resulting in a decrease. So it would be a positive punishment, positive punishment. So if you, um, well, from, you know, an adult standpoint, if the policeman gives me a ticket, <laughs> it's likely to result in my speeding behavior decreasing in the future for a time. Well, you would hope so <laughs> for a time until I forget about the ticket. No, no, I don't speed, but I'm just saying, that usually is the sight of the policeman sometimes will reduce your speed. Absolutely. No kidding. So that was a good test question, Sissy. I hope it helped um, anybody who's more interested in behavior analysis and who might be studying for the big exam. As always, we appreciate you guys for listening and would love any likes, shares, or comments on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. And as always, please rate and review on the podcast app that you are using. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back. Yes, we will. See you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, guys.